Welcome to Mom Life and Montessori, a podcast where we're going to reconnect to the sunny side of motherhood. It doesn't always have to be hard. There is a fine line between life's ebbs and flows and chaos. And I really hope that this podcast is going to help you with reducing the overwhelm and putting in place practical things while diving deeper into the juicy parts of healing. Let's dive into the six tips to adapt your home. And you will see that this can actually literally transform your life. It can easily be put in place and we'll go into the why this is really important. But the first thing that you do, that you want to really kind of put the focus on is independence. You really want to foster, foster independence. And this is the whole, obviously, Montessori thing but it's also the movement about child-led education and you will see the impact the huge impact it can have on your child and when you look at how you can adapt your home you have to think about setting it up so that your child can actually move freely so when they're a baby that's also as simple as them being able to turn around on their back or on their stomach starting to crawl starting to take their first steps etc obviously in a safe way in a safe manner i think i don't need to focus on how to set up your house in a safe manner because this is probably the only thing that is really being talked about you know in the parenting world a lot uh so we i'm absolutely not going to focus on that because i think that most I mean, not like every parent knows how to adapt the, the home in a way that is going to be safe for the child. Uh, but when it comes to adapting it so that it's actually properly adapted for the developmental state, that is another story. So first, I think it's really important to kind of know why it's important to adapt your home so that you can kind of focus on kind of going towards a transformation that is really clear because otherwise you may kind of get stuck into the hoof it's not that important you know I can do that later I can do that later and then when we do those kinds of things when we say those kinds of things to ourselves we end up never doing it and it lasts for a really long time to actually see the impact it can have so first of all it actually supports your child's development to set it up properly we're going to talk, and especially during the different episodes, we're going to really talk more precisely about the different phases and all those things. But um, if you adapt it properly, your child is going to be thriving throughout their his different developmental stages. But it also reduces overwhelm for your child and for yourself. And this is, I think, one of the biggest pieces. Like, yes, we want to do the best for our kids. We want to provide the best for them. We want them to be happy and feel loved. But it's also important to look at ourselves our, as, uh, and look at our needs. And adapting the environment, adapting your home, is actually also going to greatly impact your life in a way that is really positive. And we're going to go also into that later, in later episodes. And... Um, if you actually adapt the environment, your home better, you actually create this space where your child can learn better. And learning doesn't just necessarily mean like, you know, math. 
or English or, you know, like those kind of language skills or those kinds of things. It actually like learning happens since they're born, actually not even, even before they're born. And so knowing how to actually adapt it properly is going to create such an environment that your child is totally going to thrive. So let's, you know, talk about the environment because in Montessori, we use that term a lot and pretty much the environment, I think like you've kind of, you know, realized the environment pretty much, you know, for you means the home, your home, because this is where if you stay at home mom, if your child is young, if you, you know, you are with your child, even if he's going to daycare or the home is actually the child's environment and this is where you can actually change things and this is where it can have an impact and so an adapted environment simply means a home that's adapted for your child's needs and you will see I mean really like adjustments can create just amazing impacts I, I kind of share so this happens all the time you know sometimes I forget myself to adapt the environment to kind of think about it again because I get into this you know routine and I, I forget that my child's actually advancing within his development and now that we're actually truly homeschooling when it comes to school because we actually have tests at the end of the year, we have actual, actual math to learn and French and, you know, geography, those kinds of things. But I forget myself, I forget, you know, how important it is to kind of keep adapting because it's it evolves. It's an evol- evolving thing. And so when my son was about two and a half years, I had just done, maybe it was like six months after I've done my um, my Montessori training, my Montessori assistant training. And at some point, his behavior started really changing and he started feeling cranky and just more agitated than usual, you know. And there's phases where your child definitely goes through different emotions and things that they're, you know, things are happening in the brain. But here all of a, had a, all of a sudden I had this big aha moment of like, oh my gosh, Yelena, like you've just done this training. Don't you remember about the environment? And so this was probably the first big aha moment about how powerful the environment can be and it's really incredible because so I adapted that learning space that we had for him some of the toys uh, I changed up some activities that we were doing and I actually provided more activities that were for his developmental stage so he had kind of grown and so there were certain things that were too easy for him and I literally right away saw the difference like as soon as he started focusing on those certain activities um kind of using that and and when they're little they're really attracted to it easily especially when it's available to them and you see that your child just spontaneously gonna go to those different new activities that you've set up or the different toys or if you've decluttered some of the toys that they can now see you will see that your, your child will go naturally to those things And something shifts within them. Something incredibly deep actually happens because you can see your child focus. You can see your child concentrate even when they're really little. It's not going to be as long, but you can really be surprised. And so let's dive into 
the six tips for you to actually adapt your home right now. You know, you could do it actually right now. So first of all, one, you do not want to overcrowd your child's environment. This is really, really important. And it's a really big piece of a prepared environment. And you, especially when they're babies, you really want only some essentials. And after, as, as they grow up, um, you want to kind of keep it simple and see where their interest is. And declutter. Like, this is one of the big things. By not overcrowding them, you will not overstimulating them. You will not overstimulate them. And that can be a game changer because for some kids, especially some kids that are very sensitive, if they are overstimulated at home as well as outside, it can create a whole set of emotions. And the only way that they're going to be able to express that is by having a lot of meltdowns because they don't know what's happening. They can't really communicate properly. Even, even when they can actually speak and communicate and kind of talk about certain emotions, it's just too much. Their brain is not fully developed. And I mean, seriously, even as adults, we're so not used to actually managing our emotions and, you know, our routines and things like that, that we even have trouble actually finding right, the right, right words and the right behaviors for actually expressing how we're feeling. So don't expect your toddler to actually behave the way that you can't even sometimes behave. So this is tip number one. Tip number two is really, it can be overrated, but really prefer simple toys and natural materials. Um, and so the simple toys is something that is important because if you have toys that have too many senses involved, it can actually overstimulate, especially the young ones, not just babies, even toddlers. So um, it's really important to kind of try to keep the toys, um, how to explain? A toy should involve one sense. So, you know, colors or textures or sound, you know, and there are a lot of toys that are, that have all these different components, all, at, all in one and that is too stimulating for your child and the natural materials are have actually it's not just let's have a whole like Pinterest you know worthy house and so I can take IG photos and you know it's not about that like yes it is nice it feels good to be in a house that feels pretty I'm all about that because I like to live somewhere where I feel that it's pretty. So that's, that's for me, it, it makes me feel better. But for your child, why it's important to use natural materials, that does not mean don't use plastic at all or anything like that. But try to focus more on natural materials because the natural materials have different textures. They have different weights and they're, it's going to be easier for your child to learn. It's going to be easier but your child is going to learn more he's going to be able to make these connections that okay this sort of size is heavier than this sort of size if it's plastic the size the size doesn't matter because 
plastic is light. So whether it's big or small, it kind of has, I mean, obviously it doesn't have exactly the same weight, but it kind of has, you know, a way that's not very easily differentiated. Wow, that was a hard word. <laughs> when the words are really similar to French, I have some trouble kind of saying it properly in English, especially since it's been like, oh my gosh, it's been like now, it's been like six years since I haven't actually lived in the States. So a long time. Anyways, now the third tip is to find a specific place for each toy so that every time, even really little, your child can actually learn to put things back because he knows exactly where it goes. There is just this one space for it and not like everything in a basket, in a huge basket, unless it's like, you know, Legos or train racks or, or things like that so that your child is not lost as to where to put it and you are also not lost and there is not like this overwhelm at the end of the day to just having to put the, everything back yourself. Fourth tip is to take away or put it on a, at, a, at a higher reach all the breakable things that you actually really, really, really care about so that you ca your child can't really touch them. It's important for your children um, It's important for children to actually be able to use things that are breakable. So, you know, glass, um, well, that's really what comes to mind right now. <laughs> uh, you know, well, glasses or like bowls or things like that that are made out of actual material that can break because then they can actually, you can teach them to take care of things. And if it happens that it breaks, they will learn with specific boundaries and ways, you know, to to actually teach them to use those things they will learn more easily to actually go slow and take care of things but obviously the things that you really care about like i don't know you've got a vase that you've bought or that's from your grandmother and that you really love obviously those are the kind of things you really kind of keep out of reach fifth tip is um, that the bedroom should be if you can a place for sleep and i've seen this with younger kids they can be a little bit more overwhelmed and confused if there are too many toys in the bedroom. It's important for your child to actually know that the bedroom is a place where you go to sleep, where it's a routine that, you know, you go and you kind of calm down and it's this thing that you do that is not like jumping on the bed and playing cars and, you know, all those things. And it's important to have the certain routines and this certain rhythm that your child can follow and that your child can start to learn that this is what happens and having toys in the bedroom can confuse them now if you've actually got too much of a small space and you can't do that there are certain ways that you can actually adapt it to have really that little corner for you know the bed that is not fully open we could say to the toys and etc and then the sixth The sixth tip, it's really great to have the changing pad on the floor if you have one. If you have a changing pad, you know, that's on a table or something like that, your child can actually, can't actually be independent and actually participate in this moment where he needs a diaper change. And having it on the floor or in a way that is actually accessible Some also parents don't have a changing pad, they just do it on the bed, so it's easier, but it's nice to have 
actually a place, even if it's small, so that your child can go, can also take the diaper, you know. And sometimes it can also be a game changer for those kids who don't like that time, who don't like the diaper change. When you actually give them, when you actually give a toddler a certain responsibility, he feels important and he feels involved. And it's really much less, becomes less of a problem. It can really depends on all the characters and etc but it can really be a game changer okay so i feel like i've threw a lot out of you out of you at you and there is just so much that we can talk about and i i guess i'm really gonna get you know better and better at focusing on certain points and not overwhelming you with too many things but there's just so much that we can talk about so much that i want to share that can help you and so I really hope that these were not too much. So let's go over the six steps. So first, you do not want to overcrowd your child's environment. Two, prefer simple toys and natural materials. Three, find a specific place for each toy. Four, take away the really important breakable pieces, but let them explore with breakable things. Five, the bedroom should be a place for sleep, if you can. And six, the changing pa pad on the floor can be a game changer. Okay, so I feel like there is a lot already here to kind of be able to start adapting the environment, start adapting your home. But there is oh, so much we could go into, like, you know, taking each room, what is the best for this room, for this for, for the kitchen, you know, for the bedroom and etc. But there is time. There is time. There is plenty of possibilities to talk about all this different stuff in upcoming episodes. So if you've actually liked this episode, if you think it's helpful, I would love for you to subscribe and actually give it a review. So it's going to help me actually with the podcast reach. And I'll chat with you later. And I hope you have a beautiful day. Let us side note, if this episode was really interesting to you and you want to dive deeper into adapting your home and your environment for your child, I've got a course that I created maybe about a year ago that is called Calm the Clutter. Calm the Clutter, you actually go into sort of like a challenge because this was done as a challenge. For four days, you can actually take it as a challenge and actually start implementing this right away, taking one room and learning how to adapt it properly for your child. It's only 57 bucks. I'm going to have the link in the show notes. There's also other things that you can have as bundles. Just have a peek and I see you, hear you in the next episode.